0: Hi, guys, this is Nog. Hi, it's Tiagi. And welcome to the Mainfield Kickbox Podcast. And uh, we guys are childhood friends, and we're calling podcast to talk about football. And hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. Let's talk about something different. I was just thinking about, you know, because of the COVID thing. Uh, mm. There are not going to be many transfers. So mm. what do you think? Uh, you know, will will club owners and managers play with like large squads with like, you know, uh, lower salaries or like small squads with like concentrated quality and like high salaries? What do you think?
1: I think a large squad is required for next season, at least for next season, basically, because the fixture schedule will be very cramped. So I feel that is one point where, you know, you'll require a large squad. And I'm I really, I'm very fearful about United right now because, you know, uh, they need a larger score, like at least quality on the bench so that they can, you know, make changes for the different cups and, you know, in the EPL. So that is one thing. Secondly, I feel uh, what, uh, I feel larger squads are better, you know, at least uh, whenever Ferguson was very, power, like, uh, he did very well. He had one of those larger squads with a lot of quality, right? So I feel that is uh, that is the way to go if you want to win multiple trophies. So that is one thing. If there's a smaller squad, there's a uh, better chance of winning the league if your injury record stays good. I guess that's how I see.
0: So uh, I think see there are two things. One also Rafa Benitez had a huge squad when he was managing We mm-hmm. Had so many like you know mid quality players, but he could just you know fit his tactical systems in. And mm-hmm. Ferguson was a legend, so. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Why, why he won Last squad, small squad he would have won anyways. And mm. another thing was like, in, uh, Mourinho's inter, very small squad, won the treble. Mm. So, I think mm. it's about managers also, right? Like, how they... And some managers only play one squad, like Ancelotti and Mourinho. They'll probably play like that one fixed 11. And they just want to mm. drag them through the major fixtures. And, you know, they're so comfortable with each other that, you know, there's no... There's no, you know, second guessing in the big games. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what yeah. happens with many uh, big managers, like, you know, Guardiola Lahul to overthink or even Yep Hanks sometimes, you know, he used to have a tendency mm-hmm. of overthinking. So what do you think? I mean, is the manager style or does large squads, you know, have to be there? See, I'll tell you
1: why large squads matter right now more than uh, ever because, see, you pointed on Mourinho's inter, right? He had a smaller squad and he won. But the thing was, you know, Mourinho, if you've seen Moreno's squad, they have a very typical way of playing where they don't press much. Okay. So the physical exertion and uh, I remember, I don't know about Tottenham, but United were 20th in the uh, kilometers run per game, per average in the league. So, I mean, his squad generally run very less and yeah they press very less. So, it is like pressing only in their own half. Okay. So, that what that means is like, you know, Mourinho typically has a style which uh, allows him to, uh, you know, have lesser injuries in the squad. But he was unlucky at United. But he was lucky at Chelsea yeah. and at uh, Inter, basically. So, that I
0: helped him a lot. Was, I still think he was unlucky with Chelsea. I mean, uh, I mean, just to put it in context, I think his team deserved to, you know, win the Champions League. Or reached the final. And he was always thwarted by, you know, Leopold. And yeah. then as soon as he left, another manager won. Yeah. Something like that yeah. could be on the cards for Man City. Gardela builds the team and he leaves and some other manager comes and wins. So, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Because that Chelsea team was good. And see, that's what makes it difficult to reach the final, right? Your team can be grouped and dominating domestically. Like Arsene Wenger yeah. only reached one final and his teams were great. And they were mm. like superb in playing football, and they won whatever could be won, except the Champions mm. League. So <laughs> yeah. that is that. So uh, talking mm. about these uh, squads, do you think uh, post COVID uh, someone could you know buy a player worth 100 million? Will that be uh, unethical?
1: Yeah. I feel, see, uh, you know, I am I might be being a bit biased here, but I think it's perfectly fine to buy a 100 million player. For United at least. I don't know about other clubs.
0: Okay, because United did not take a pay cut. <laughs> no, I was just Is joking. I'm just thinking. Huh? Okay, you almost got me there. Okay, go because,
1: on. Because, because we want Sancho so much. So, you know, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was going yeah. to argue full on. I was going to argue full on. <laughs> we are ready to look the other way.
1: Like, seriously. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Nothing but yeah actually it's not cool to spend because of the way uh, you know how everyone's suffering yeah but you know I mean then again you can point out that you know uh, clubs have been given the leeway to in uh, the financial fair play so they can whoever who struggles with financial play they can invest this year so they'll obviously spend more but specifically buying a 100 million player is, it is a bit weird in a, a pandemic year. But then uh, you'll see a lot of clubs like, for example, Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea have gotten a reason because they had a transfer ban or whatever. They still bought players in that time. Okay, it's not like we got Gullisic uh, and uh, coaches. Okay, so it's not like they did buy players. They converted to
0: that But uh,
1: I mean, uh, you'll see a team spending more than 150 to 100 million. on I mean, three players, but will. but
0: that'll be net right? That won't be on a single player.: I mean, how does it make a difference dude? United uh,
1: Uni- United's net spend will be anyway, you know around 100, 120 million, so it won't be like too much. They'll sell players and they'll balance the books. So I mean, it's one player or multiple players. It's about spending, right?
0: It is about something Also, about if you sign a hundred million million player, then you will be mm-hmm. also paying in those huge stages where everyone says else in other parts of Europe are getting laid off and not getting jobs. So that's a different scenario. I mean that that is very
1: unfair. dude. Like seriously, what about the uh, existing players who are already getting uh, you know? Uh, half a million of um, so their
0: con- like contacts were drawn before the COVID situation, right? They were yeah. agreed to take pay cuts, right? Most, not everyone, at least.
1: everyone. It's only where the clubs are struggling. So, for example, Spanish clubs are struggling, but in EPL, uh, you hardly like. For example, uh, Ozil refused to take a pay cut at Arsenal. They asked him to, to take a pay cut, but he asked. Him. Are you serious? Yeah, he said that he said that he he's not taking a pay cut and he gave a reason. Like there was an interview, I don't remember the exact reason. But there were a couple of players who said that they won't take a pay cut at Arsenal.
0: Are you saying that after the squad took a pay cut and Ozil didn't take a pay cut? No. I don't know that's possible.
1: No, 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 no. So what happened was uh recently they they were asked to take another pay cut, okay? Like just after the season. Okay. Yeah. But uh, a couple of them have refused. Out of which Ozil was one,
0: basically. <laughs> he already gets overpaid, man. He should take a pay cut. Like, come on. <laughs> he hasn't played a decent game of football in like five years. Mm, yeah. But anyway, man, that's that's the uh, dirty side of football. Hmm. So talking about a little fun side of football, huh. uh, what do you think about, you know, different penalty taking techniques, you know? like ronaldo has his placement bruno has his hop pogba has his weird slow run yeah. and ramos is ramos so which which one do you prefer and as a footballer which one did you take and uh, which one do you prefer Uh, i prefer
1: you know pace and uh, placement basically just blast it i think that's the best way to go like the ronaldo technique basically that would be the best way to go uh, rather than, you know, uh, guessing which way the keeper will go and read and then make because, I mean, obviously, if you have practiced, or look, for example, Bruno, every time he takes a penalty, I am a bit nervous because, you know, there's zero back. He's waiting for the keeper. Huh? There is zero. He's back- waiting for the keeper to fall. Yeah. And uh, no, not fall, basically to give him an indication. So the key, when he takes the hop, no, he'll see the b- keeper's b- body move a certain way and he'll make a guess. So, I mean, uh, so and but,
0: technique is good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But th- then his shot doesn't have any back lift while shooting. Okay. And, uh, again, Sevilla, uh, he shot it in the top corner with a lot of force. Like, I was, he was confused. Like yeah. how did he get so much? I power? saw that. And I was like, how did he generate it, man? What <laughs> is calves made of? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a very difficult technique to like, uh, normal people like us, like we should just try the normal way. Basically, <laughs>
0: Like, like honestly, for me, when I when there was a three-p team and Ronaldo used to take all the penalties, obviously, mm. so he used to pick a corner slotted. He didn't care where the keeper diving. Mm. But now I'm appreciating Ramos's technique more. And I was reading about this also. It's you know, it's not only about the jump or the thing. Mm. It's about you lifting your foot also gives a fake to the keeper. That gives a hint. I mean, um. where you're gonna score. So it's it's very technical. It's not just you know, the hop or the Ramos stutter because mm-hmm. Ramos also waits for the keeper and he also loves panenka which I always, I um, my heart is skipping a beat every time he tries a panenka. I'm like, please don't run. <laughs> the keeper knows he wants to do a panenka mm-hmm. but Ramos challenges the keeper. Do you think he has the guts to stand? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy it but I feel safer when is does the panenka, yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though Ramos has a great record yeah, but I still, I'm safer when is does the because I know he's slotted.
1: Yeah. And Ronaldo's an excellent record, dude. Like, he's been taking penalties for oh, such so a long time. I mean, if Ronaldo's taking a penalty, you can, like, be assured that it'll go in. It's
0: kind of become like that now. Yeah, one thing he has over Messi is his penalty record. Mm, yeah. No, there's this, uh, I think, uh, I think Maradona said this. I'm not sure. Mm. So, he said the biggest insult to a player is if the goalkeeper does not understand the fake. <laughs> so Madonna also used to have that style where he used to read the people hmm. and she to try to fake him hmm. and he's like some people sort up they don't understand the fake and they save it he's like hmm. that's the biggest insult to football
1: mm-hmm. so
0: yeah what can I say <laughs> but yeah but United are doing too many penalties man that's not even fair how many penalties have you got this season?
1: Uh, we have gotten total 26 penalties I think
0: no, sorry,
1: 23. twenty-three. Twenty-three penalties. Yeah. So I mean, not penalties. to beat. Uh, I mean see. See, you can't argue against penalties in the era of var, okay?
0: Because here you still you are, can argue, nah, you still can. Come on. You are Because some of the you saw the Leon Juventus game. You saw the penalties. There was VAR. What happened then? Okay. That was a Champions League quarterfinal. And those mm-hmm. penalties were shit, honestly. Pardon my French. No, no, those no but absolute shit penalties.
1: See, I, I, uh, I'll tell you something. Out of United penalties, no, there, uh, you know, except for one, I remember where Bruno actually jumped on the defender's keeper, uh, defender, uh, defender, by doing a 360 on against Arsenal Villa. I remember that one wasn't a penalty, okay. But other than that, I've still not seen a penalty which was like. Uh, which is not a penalty for United. And yeah, I'm not saying... You yeah, know what? Definitely. United should have gotten another one against Sevilla. Where that uh, defender actually... Uh, uh, literally, like, tackled him like... Uh, Bruno, like, crazy in the D, okay? That should have been a foul anywhere else. But he didn't give a uh, penalty that time. Which is fine. I mean, obviously... Uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> every region can't go your way,
0: okay? Every region can't go your way.
1: I mean, see... I'll tell you the basic fact about United is that United have more players who dribble in the D now. Like, it's basically Rashford dribbles in the D, Martial dribbles in the D. um, And, you know, at some point, like, Bruno, he wins penalties, but uh, he doesn't dribble that much in the D, but he's also won penalties. But it's mostly Martial and Rashford. They both dribble a lot in the D. So that's why United have been getting so many penalties. As simple as that. Yeah, I mean...
0: uh... I understand, but I was just debating that point. You know, when you say that you know we in the era of VR, can't have wrong penalties. We still can have wrong penalties, but because VR is not still perfect.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not perfect. Developing. But but you know, uh, if you uh, see, I'm not asking you to go watch all the penalties. But if you see United penalty, most of them are penalties. Like, uh, the except I told you, except for that Aston Villa game where, uh, I myself said that it's not. A penalty. <laughs> other
0: than that, there was no other penalty that I remember that, that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, uh, so uh, coming back to that, so even in Madrid's La Liga season, right, where it was tight to, try, tie, very tight, and uh, Madrid got a lot of penalties.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of
0: games were 1 0, Ramos penalty, 1 0, Ramos penalty, <laughs> Benzema penalty, and all that jazz. Uh-huh. And there was a big big cons- cons- conspiracy theory, and and a lot of times, you know, when you, Madrid used to get the penalty, mm-hmm. there used to be a counter attack. The other team used to have a penalty shout, the referee said no, counter, yeah. Madrid penalty. It happened in two games. Yeah. And the press went crazy. They were like, the whole, you know, league is rigged for Madrid and all. And
1: yeah.
0: as a neutral, I could understand why other teams are, you know, uh, what do you say, skeptical. Because Madrid are getting penalties. But Diego Simeone put it very well. They said, this is a team which plays in the D the most. Mm. which dribbles in the D the most so obviously they'll get the most penalties if mm. you play outside the D if you play a tiki-taka outside the D how will you get a penalty? you won't get a
1: penalty yeah definitely
0: so yeah. it's about you know if you play in the D and if your attackers are smart to draw a penalty then you're mm. smart mm. enough right? winning a penalty is also an art you need to convince the referee to Yard. blow the whistle Yeah, yeah. draw definitely. the defender definitely
1: yeah. Uh, but if for United, maximum penalties are won by Martial, and Martial dribbles a lot in the team. He literally takes on all the defenders himself. So that's one of the main reasons United won. I
0: mean, so. obviously, United fans like him, but neutrals, this we still have a jury out on Martial. We still don't think he's yeah, I mean, a world-class player yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the first season where he's playing center forward, so you know, uh, I think uh, we should give him more time.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. What do you think about uh, the top four next season? Uh, I mean, obviously, Liverpool and uh, City. We should count them for sure.
1: But but it's going to be difficult, you know, uh, to guess right now. uh, You know, Chelsea is already; they have added two quality players. They're going to most probably go.
0: Let's just talk about what we have seen this season, right? Based on that, what do you think?
1: I mean, if you talk about Chelsea, they if they don't uh, what do you call add on the defense, they might struggle again. I mean, how many goals can you score, dude? Like, even if you score three, the opposition will score four, dude. Like, they conceded three goals. Or can so- there
0: be like a you know, like a Madrid Galactico team which just scored, 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 didn't care, you know? And they I don't
1: know, I you know EPL. I think the defenses are pretty decent, dude. That's why a lot, even the weaker teams have good. <laughs> That's why they're able to, like you know, get points out of even the top teams. So I feel that you know you need to, uh, you can't just rely on your attack all the time because there will be games where you won't be able to score. And
0: uh, so Chelsea invest, right? And, I mean, they should. I mean, they've bought and they bought should not take like
1: two players, and they are also buying Havard for some hundred million euros. I mean, unless un- unless you know they are. Uh, end up spending something like 300 million or something this transfer window. I can't see a very big upgrade in the defense. I don't know what they'll buy.
0: Yeah, oh. and both the centre-backs are very bad. The four full-backs are getting old. Yeah, It's hmm. a very difficult hey, Rahul, or Maybe they just might just get Rahul on and he'll be a perfect fit.
1: Hmm.
0: But, okay, fine. I personally think uh, Liverpool to win again. <laughs> Sorry to... Uh, Spoil the United parade hmm. and City because only because of the quality, not because of the manager. Hmm. To when uh, comes second, hmm. third United, but to come third, uh, they need to still improve in certain areas, like uh, get a centre back partner.
1: Yeah,
0: and fourth, I'll say Tottenham.
1: I was thinking the same thing. I feel like you know Tottenham could do better
0: because see they have improved so much see it's not about where they were it's about Mourinho mm-hmm. see some teams are on an upward trajectory some teams are on a downward trajectory right and mm-hmm. Tottenham is on an upward trajectory and Mourinho didn't have an easy job you can abuse him you can hate him it doesn't mm-hmm. matter he has done a decent job I won't say great decent job with the squad he has mm-hmm. and once he gets a full pre-season I think he will do much better
1: See, my only problem with Tottenham is, and I'll tell you this honestly, is because this, this squad that he has, right? This squad has been intact for a pretty long time now, okay? Like uh, like three, four years, they've been uh, coming in top uh, four, top three uh, under Pochettino, right? So this squad hmm. has needed a lot of refreshing, but instead these guys have what they've done is they've changed the manager. So what I still feel is that they'll be, you know, I don't know if Mourinho can get the best out of this squad again, but mentally, I think this squad is a lot, a lot more exhausted now, you know, that's what I feel. I right. think, uh, I think
0: Mourinho kind of manager who thrives in, you know, stability. stability and, uh, yes.
1: But he, you know, uh, see, for example, I'll tell you something, if you get the best out of see, Pochettino got the best out of this squad. I, you don't, you think that Pochettino could have done better? He got more
0: than the best. He got yeah, more than... He, yeah. he took every ounce of it.
1: Yeah, so how do you think Mourinho can do better than that? With the same squad. I don't think he can do better than what Pochettino did. It's impossible to do that because they, the squad overperformed. They, you know how they reached the Champions League final, right? With very thin margins, they reached the Champions League final.
0: Lucas Moura went crazy. Yeah.
1: Now they don't have that attacking midfielder. They like uh Ericsson is gone basically. And uh they're also gonna sell in Dombey the so to inter. And they bought one midfielder from Southampton. But uh mm. I don't know. Like uh you know, Mourinho can do good enough to get them in the top four. I think he can do that much, but I mean to win
0: them see I think for So, I think for Tottenham, four would be an achievement. Like, for United, 4 was an achievement this season. Hmm. I think for Tottenham next season, four would be an achievement, right? Hmm.
1: I think so. But I still have question marks about Mourinho's tactics, man. I mean, they have done well, okay. No doubt about that. Like, uh, from where they were, they've done well. But you remember Mourinho also, I remember they got thrashed by one team, man. So either it was Sheffield or someone who thrashed him uh two nil or three nil, I remember, and so I mean the way Mourinho plays, know you need a very specific type of players who can just you know convert two chances, one goal, like those. Basically,
0: kind of it's hurricane, hurricane to not get injured. I, I've I've seen that Mourinho, is what Mourinho needs.
1: Son has done better under Mourinho than hurricane. Son. That's
0: is- because Son is tactically versatile, and he wants he likes those players who are tactically versatile.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Son is a no nonsense player. He doesn't ask for money. He doesn't worry about his position. He just plays football. But he doesn't another, care.
1: another point about Mourinho's team is like, his whole tactics works only and only if his defense is good. Because their whole point is to be defensively very sound and then, you know, uh, yeah. score when they get the chances, right? And if his dis- defense doesn't hold up, then I don't think he has a chance, basically. He'll again come in the same area. So, it'll be interesting. I think I guess.
0: the keeper's good. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Premier yeah. League topper is always interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, just to mention that point, I think uh, this season, um, next season, sorry, Villarreal is gonna be very good because yeah. uh, they and La Liga is gonna be very good because now uh, Villarreal has got like a uh, very good players. They've got Dani Parejo mm-hmm. and they've got uh, uh, this another guy also, Coquelin, mm-hmm. and Sorsedaz as they they sold uh, this one. But they've got David Silva now. Hmm. So David Silva coming to uh, this one. So it has a very big deal for Spain. Because he's a legend. For hmm. the Spanish national team also. Hmm. So he'll get applauded everywhere. And he'll get a city, uh, he'll get a statue in City. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're putting a statue.
1: Did you see Lazio's president's comments about him? Like uh... Yeah.
0: I like, uh, you know, this guy, the player, though not the person.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was pretty funny,
0: actually. No, but I I deep dive into that and I was finding out why this happened. Hmm. And actually what happened was that the Lazio only talked to the agent. They didn't Hmm. talk to the player at all.
1: Okay.
0: And the agent was talking to like three, four clubs.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So obviously Silva would want to go play in Spain because Spain, every stadium he goes, he'll be applauded, right? Yeah. He's a World Cup winner. Hmm. (laughs) So every stadium he goes and he'll be at home. He doesn't care about money now. Yeah. Why would he want to go to Italy now and play in a tactically difficulty with his hard tackling and all that? Hmm. I think he made the right choice, and uh, and Silva, Silva, no one can hate him. Yeah, <laughs> even I think United fans can't hate him. Yeah,
1: yeah, obviously. I hope you like the
0: episode. Please subscribe.